Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we are still at home. Still. No one can go. No one can go out in the world. It's not safe. Basically trapped in a house. Trapped in our neighborhood. Yeah. The sky is on fire. (laughs) That's what's happening, right? Yeah. I saw a meme today that said like, It's crazy that we are failing this hard at the apocalypse when we're playing on easy mode. (laughs) Yeah, for real. The basically how it feels sometimes. That was like me yesterday when you and I had a had a little FaceTime chat and I was playing Skyrim and telling you, I don't remember it being this hard. (laughs) Yeah, I called you and I was like, What are you up to? And you were like, I'm the dragonborn. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, you're playing Skyrim. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. I haven't played that game in so long. Ever since it first came out on PlayStation 3. It's been the last time I played it. Really? Skyrim was last gen? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Now it's all like remastered and stuff. Wow, that's crazy. I could have sworn it was like this gen. Man, time flies. Time does fly, even if you are stuck at home. Yeah. I mean, time's flying so fast right now that I'm having trouble keeping track of what day it is. Well, that might be from not going outside enough. It definitely is. And not having like a real routine. I'm yeah. sh- I, I see it messing up a lot of people. Megan's been going through that too. She's like, I don't know what day it is. Yeah, I forget what. I, I think it was last week. And I said to Brandon, I was like, Brandon, I was like, is it Thursday or is it Wednesday? He's like, it's Wednesday. I was like, damn. Because <laughs> there was something I wanted to do on Thursday. <laughs> and he was like, oh man, the days are blending What were you going to do on Thursday? I think something was coming out, like either like video game related or movie related. I can't remember. Oh, I got you. Well, yeah, no movies coming out, at least in theaters anytime soon. Still no word on when they're going to reopen, but there has been some news about AMC not ever opening, which is very upsetting to me. I really hope that doesn't happen. I can't imagine it going down. I mean, I guess I could because if you're not bringing in any revenue for months and months, and it's not like AMC really has another way to make money besides getting people in the seats. I think they have a streaming service now, but how many people really have that? Yeah, I don't know how it works. Like, you can stream movies off of like AMC's website, but I don't think it applies to like people who have the A list and stuff like that. Like, I think you still have to pay. Yeah, it's like a totally separate service. Yeah, it almost just seems like AMC is just a hub to rent movies. Yeah, for now. But there's so many other places you can watch movies that. I don't think they'll ever be able to compete. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I I would be shocked, though, if they went out of business just because, like, 
they are one of the bigger, you know, movie theater chains, at least around us. It's basically AMC and Regal. And then like every once in a while, you'll see like, like a Cineplex or something like show up like that. Cinemark or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I think those definitely are the two big guys. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about Regal closing, but like I've always felt like AMC is a much better theater experience than a Regal. So yeah, maybe it's, it's the churros keeping them afloat. It, It must be. Yeah. Must be the churros. (laughs) <laughs> yeah dark days for the movie biz right now it's also hurting us because we're running low on trailers to d- talk about oh yeah it's it's bad like there was sometimes early on where we had just like a lot of trailers that we could pick from and we were like oh you know what what should we do oh i really want to do this one that one has no connection to this and then we were just like i don't care but now it's yeah. just like what movies are we gonna do and we just have to like just pick something so yeah it's 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 not getting it's not good. It's not good for the movie stuff, but we're, we're, we're pushing through. We're trying to do some cool yeah. stuff. Oh, I'm very excited for what we got planned coming real soon. Cause after this movie, we don't know if there's any other movies that we can necessarily do unless su- surprise some studios, just like we're going to put this movie out on VOD. There's, there's a, we, we have a few, we've got options. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm not going to say what they are. But we, we, we've got some options. Okay. Well, that's good to know. But we still came prepared. We have some fun special episodes we're going to throw into the mix. You might see c- popping up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I think we'll, you know, we haven't talked about this actually between the two of us. So I guess we'll just talk about it now. But I think the what is best is maybe to sprinkle in some some different episodes in between our actual movie reviews. So maybe next week after this one drops, it'll be something different. And then... Maybe the week after that, it'll be another review. Like, yeah, I know. I think a lot of people, especially, you know, looking at our stats and stuff, it seems like a lot of people really like our, you know, VOD reviews. They've been doing really good lately. But if we keep doing them every week, we're going to run out. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. We just we need to stretch them out for as long as we can, because we have no idea how long this whole thing's going to go. Yeah. Honestly, though, I think we could probably do another month of VOD movies. Okay. That'll uh that'll get us through almost to the start of the summer cram. Yeah. So and Which I would hate to not have a summer cram. Yeah. This weird I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, like imagine if this like went like really long and then like what are they doing for the Oscars? Like the Oscars come out and it's like the you know, winner for best actor is the dude from Invisible Man. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh Ben Schwartz for his portrayal of Sonic. Sonic, yeah. <laughs> Because it's one of only 10 movies that actually had a theatrical release. Yeah. (laughs) Sonic wins best visuals. Oh, it definitely would. (laughs) What a 180 that would be. Oh, that'd be crazy. (laughs) From the first trailer. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that because now there's a lot of movies that won't have a theatrical run. Granted, a lot of the, the Oscar movies don't come out this early in the year anyways, but what happens if this continues to push and push further and further? How many movies are actually going to have a theatrical release? And then if they don't have a theatrical release, does that mean they'll have to submit and allow more Netflix and streaming movies on because can't really hold people to that same standard if no theaters were open? Yeah, I I mean, I think, you know, most of your like Oscar baiting movies are the ones that want to compete then come out around like, you know, November, December, January when you would assume this would be over with. 
that being said, I think some movies, even though they're not going to be affected by it, they might push their movie back just to avoid all these blockbusters that are going to be coming out now. Because like now Black Widow comes out in November. Right. Yeah, that's kind of like what I'm what I'm thinking. It's like this is going to cause a chain reaction of movies having to compete with each other. You're going to have competing screens. You're going to have a lot of congestion in the box office. Mm -hmm. So how many movies are going to push back into the next year and then may not even qualify for the Oscars this year? Or they push back the Oscar. um, Like the window? Yeah, yeah. And they kind of finagle the bagel, you know, (laughs) get these movies to fit. (laughs) I like finagle the bagel. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to do it. Sometimes you just got to finagle the bagel. I know what you're saying. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, baby. (laughs) You know, no, it's it's definitely a screwy time. It's definitely screwy time. I don't know what's going to what's going to happen. There's a few movies that I'm like, please do not get pushed back. Like they're like right at that point right now where (laughs) if they get pushed back, they're going to go back into 2021. And I'm like, I really don't like Tenet is, I think, June or July. I think Tenet's July. But like that, like we're getting close to that now because I think, you know, May movies are getting pushed back. Next, it's going to be June. So I'm I'm like, oh, I really don't want Tenet to get pushed back. And then Dune's in December. I really hope that doesn't get pushed back just to avoid like some movies. But yeah, yeah, man, it's it's very it's very terrifying. Dude, Black Widow, the only MCU movie for the double deuce. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. It might, that might even get pushed back. Who knows? Because they gave that uh, early November and then they pushed back every other MCU movie. Yeah, I was going to say... Part of me was kind of surprised that they pushed all of them back, but I guess if they're just going off like a schedule type thing and they want them spaced out X amount of months or whatever, then it makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. I think that's the big thing right there. Do you think people really wouldn't go to the movies if there were two Marvel movies that came out so close? Cause I feel like Captain Marvel did fine at the box office and I don't think it slowed down Endgame by any means. Or was Captain Marvel right after Infinity War? I don't remember what was the back to back. No, it was it was Captain Marvel and Endgame, and they were out at the same time. Right. Okay, yeah, and then Black Panther was out at the same time as Infinity War. Yeah, like they overlapped. Black Panther was in the theaters though for like <laughs> like six months or something crazy. Like it was it was yeah. a long time. So I don't think putting them out too close to each other would really hurt the box office for any of them. And I think after this whole thing, people are really gonna want to go out and do the things that they couldn't do during this whole situation. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I saw a meme that said, like, after this, if you don't know where to go to dinner, I'm going to flip out because you had, like, four months to, to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of restaurants are still open. You just can't dine in. You just get takeout. Yeah. I really haven't, like, taken advantage of that. We've done it a couple of times with some, like, uh, small places near us. Chuck E. Cheese? But I can't imagine the psycho who's like, you know what I need? Take out Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> you can uh, DoorDash Chuck E. Cheese over here. I think I told you that. That might be worth it. <laughs> Just to say you did it. It gets delivered by a guy in the mouse costume. <laughs> Nicole was actually telling me that uh, there's like a Chuck E. Cheese like documentary on a po- like on a podcast. Like I guess they have a special on it and they talk about like the history of it. But so much of Chuck E. Cheese was just like slapped together like nonsense. And when they <laughs> when they like came up with the idea of like Chuck E. Cheese, like the character, the owner just saw a, the costume, like he saw the mascot somewhere 
And he was like, yo, that's a dope coyote costume. And he bought it and then he brought it back to them. And he's like, he's like, our, our mascot's going to be a coyote. And they're like, dude, that's a rat. And he was like, oh, shit. Nothing nothing says good family fun and pizza like a rat. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought that was hilarious. One, like, how did he get a mount, like a rat and a coyote mixed up? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you assume coyote of all animals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and be like, I'm I'm starting this child's arcade place where you can get pizza. I think the mascot should be a coyote. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like a real cool guy, whoever Charles Edward Cheese. It's funny though, because I guess like they like juxtapose it against McDonald's and like McDonald's was like super surgical with like their opening. Like their whole business structure and like everything they were doing was like planned super meticulously and then Chuck E. Cheese was just like slapped together by a bunch of like hacks and then, and then it blew up. <laughs> hey, good for them. Yeah, you know. Basically, Chuck E. Cheese looked at McDonald's and be like, okay, but what if the whole restaurant was the ball pit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I used to love that as a kid. Like the play area at McDonald's. Yeah. I had such a short window where I could actually play in there because I outgrew it so fast. I'm a tall man, so there was. I don't know. See, I don't know if you. The one that was over in uh, Chester for us. Did you ever go there as a kid? No. I remember when our parents used to take us. Like the top of the play area. Like if you got all the way up to the top, there was a room, and it had like a, basically like a big joystick, and you could like pull on the joystick, and it would make the whole room like move like a spaceship. And that was Ooh, like, yeah, that yeah, man, that, that was like the room you wanted to get into. You wanted to be the captain. Yeah, you wanted to pull place. that joystick. Yeah. <laughs> and you climb down and then some guy crawls out and he's like, man, that was fun for both of us. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask what that vibrating was. <laughs> oh, geez. That's Steve. We can't get him out of there. <laughs> he wouldn't leave. So we just started paying him. Sitting up there like a bop it. <laughs> Twist it. Twist it. <laughs> Yow! <laughs> Ruin these pants. <laughs> I think it was Tanner actually told us he was like, "I really want to start like a, uh, a like a song like on an EP. Like the EP starts up with the bop it like sound effects, and then when he does the yow, that's when the music starts." <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good sound clip. You know, I'm a big fan of sound clips beginning of songs. Yeah, actually, uh, while I was working on stuff for the pod yesterday, I was listening to one of your favorite bands, um, Bon Jovi. Oh, Rob Zombie? <laughs> no. Other things that rhyme? No. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. You got a tattoo of them. Oh, that doesn't help at all. Oh, well, that's your hint. You get three oh, guesses. I got so many tattoos of them. Were you listening to Alkaline Trio? Yeah. Good job. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are my favorite. I should have just guessed if you're like, oh, your favorite band. I should have been like, yeah, I know what my favorite band is. <laughs> so you're like, huh? Nope. <laughs> huh? <laughs> We're not we're not doing more Tim Allen. <laughs> we never could. again. We could never again. Were you editing that and you're like, this is whack? <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. We're so, geniuses. Yeah. The Swampies are lucky to have us for real. They are. I'm actually I'm really excited for this episode. Uh this movie was like I think this movie's really under the radar. And uh Yeah, for sure. And it's actually, I think, going to be make a good episode. Like, there's a few that we've done lately that I think maybe had a little bit more 
you know, popularity behind them or a little bit more buzz, like like the hunt and stuff. But I think this is going to be a, a fun one to go to go through. I think so too. And I think that when we look back at this time, we're going to see this as a great opportunity for us to explore some unspoken gems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think if it wasn't for this whole thing, we would have never ended up doing an episode on this movie. No. I mean, I don't think we would have done an episode on this or probably not The Hunt. Probably not Emma. Yeah, probably not Emma, even though that, you know, I really like that one. And there's a few that are coming up that I don't think we would have done. So I think we're going to hit on a lot of movies that maybe weren't going to get the the play that they would have, which is, which is kind of cool. Actually, we are like part of like a few like Facebook groups of people that just like talk about movies and stuff. And I've been going on, but a lot of people have been like on there and they've been like talking about like what VOD movies they can watch and which ones people have seen and stuff like that. So I actually like threw our name like in the mix. I was like, oh, you know, like if you want, like here's where you can like listen to some like reviews on some of them. We've done like these ones and I posted that. And then within like two or three days after that, our Spotify subs went up like a bunch. So I was like, yeah. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. People but, need stuff to do. And you know what? That's a, it's a little bit of a silver lining in this whole thing. And that's a, that's a good thing. People yeah. need that. People need to know where they can go to try and find things to to brighten up their day, brighten up their lives, especially if you're stuck at home at some like fucking trailer park. I knew it was coming that time. <laughs> yeah, you're getting hip to it. I'm going to have to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, I know what he's doing. Yeah, well, you also know just about how far into an episode we generally throw to the trailer park anyways. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, eh, it feels like we're coming up on a trailer park. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What are we talking today? You know what? As part of tradition, of recent tradition, I forgot. Oh, my God. I it's been happening a lot lately. Around the- but you know why? It's because of what we talked about. Usually we try to have a thread, so it's easy to remember because then it's like, oh, I remember because we came up with this stupid way to connect the movies. But now that we're just pulling out of a hat. I can't remember what the hell we're talking about. It's it's tough because now it's just like, this is a movie that we could do. But we went off, you know, this movie that we're talking today uh, for the for the full review, Off the Radar film. We're talking an Off the Radar movie here. Something that oh, a lot I remember of people now. might not know about. We're talking about the oh, comedy man. thriller. You want to say it? Can, can we say it at the same time? Yeah, sure. We can do, we can do whatever. This is our show. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. No one can stop us. We're yeah. just alone in our bedrooms right now. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Butt boy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, butt boy. I saw the trailer for this show up on Instagram. It's not only one of Colin's favorite sh- search terms. It's also a movie. <laughs> that's a search terms. <laughs> butt boy. <laughs> butt boy. <laughs> what? You know, I, I saw the uh, the trailer for this show up on Instagram, and I was like, what is this? Is this like a joke? Like, I thought it was almost going to be like the, um, how we had the Velocipaster come out like a couple years ago or whatever. I thought it was just like yeah. a joke movie, but this looks, you know, they're actually going for it. This is a real film, baby. <laughs> yeah, butt boy, really going for it. <laughs> what do you What do you know about this film so far? Uh, only what we saw in the trailer that one time you showed me. Oh, okay. And that was a while ago too. This trailer's been out for a minute. Yeah, yeah, it has been out for a minute. the The director on this movie, uh, Tyler Kornack, he's also the writer. This is, I think, either his first or second movie. Like, I, 
I think this might be his debut. But yeah, he's the writer director on it. And then Ryan Cott is also uh, a writer on it and very earlier in their careers. So I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is a passion project. You know, maybe this is something that they always wanted to do. Yeah, that's got to be great for them to explain at a bar. Like, yeah, yeah, I make movies. I'm working on a real passion project right now. It's called Butt Boy. <laughs> well, if if you want to, uh, if you're in the the mood for having someone, you know, have their hands all over this, Tyler Kornack is the writer, the director, and the lead actor in this. Oh, yeah. So, so we got a little bit of a Tommy Wiseau feel. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's you know, this is this is his baby. <laughs> Butt Boy's his baby. <laughs> all of it's ridiculous when you come come around to the name. But that being said, having watched the trailer previously, doesn't feel like a butt boy. No, I've actually like I that's like I said, I was watching the trailer because I saw butt boy show up and I was like, what is this? And then I watched the trailer and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. I'm into butt boy. <laughs> well, do you want to check this thing out now? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. So what do you do? Detective. You look every detective ever. Oh yes. Ow. He's got the, the greasy hair and the, uh, the earring. <laughs> looks good. You look good. What about you? So I'm assuming the long-haired guy is our director, writer, star. I think uh, the director is the guy with the glasses. Tragedy strikes Critica County today as law enforcement have yet to make any headway on the missing child that vanished from Kathman Park this morning. <laughs> so you're asking me to go off this theory you got about a white. I really like the like little subtitles that show up for the reviews. County, who also happens to be yeah. a, a sponsor, has been secretly running around objects, animals, and children up his ass. Then he somehow digests them, and he does this in sprees, almost in serial killer fashion. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Is it, it is. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll say this though, the aesthetic of this movie, I'm getting, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> the, the aesthetic of this movie, I'm getting a, a, like an upgrade vibe, don't you think? Yeah, like upgrade mixed with good time. Yeah. Especially with the music, it's reminding me a good time. Mm-hmm. So VOD next week. Let's go, baby. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that might have to be an episode then. And we say next week, even though this by the time this episode comes out, it would have been last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> our timeline's crazy. Glad we're doing a trailer park on this. But yeah, I don't know. I'm actually like surprisingly into it. Yeah, it looks really cool. Like like you're talking about the aesthetic and everything it looks it looks very uh gritty and very reminiscent of like the Safty brothers and uh, and like upgrade like you said and i think 
for a lot of people, Upgrade would have been like a surprise. I think it was a surprise for both of us how good that movie was. Doesn't necessarily look like it should be as good as it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. We showed the up the trailer for Upgrade to one of our friends and they were like, is this actually good? Or are you like just saying that? And we're like, no, it's actually really good. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I it's funny because like a movie named Butt Boy and just the premise, it's like super absurd. And it definitely is. It's supposed to be like a comedy thriller. So like it's supposed to be tongue in cheek. But when you're watching the trailer, like it looks like it's filmed really well. The acting looks like it's from what we can tell, you know, done well. It doesn't look like it's ridiculous or, you know i mean you know terrible over the top or anything yeah it doesn't look yeah it's a, it doesn't look like it's over the top so i'm i turn it on i'm like but boy this is gonna be a fucking this is a, gonna be a laugh riot <laughs> then yeah. like, like a real snob and then i'm sitting there i'm like oh nice <laughs> yeah you know what i feel like it's almost movies like this are the reason we do this podcast and the reason uh we are just two dudes you know because i feel like this is a movie that Maybe a lot of people aren't really going to pay any attention to. Yeah, probably not. At least I don't think they, they would have. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the actresses, Angela Jones, she's in this movie apparently, but she was in Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but Angela Jones, she is in this movie and uh, she was one of the actresses in Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a good credit. Yeah. That, so that's, that. you know, that's kind of cool. There's, you know, there's a few people in here that like, you're like, oh, wow, that person was in this. Tyler Rice, he's playing the the detective in the movie, but he was in some stuff that I think people might recognize, um, Summer Dream and stuff. Maybe The Pocketeers, I think, is actually another movie made by Tyler Cormack. So yeah, this would be his second film. Okay. But yeah, if you haven't, if, you know, people haven't seen this trailer, I think you should go check it out. It's it's ridiculous, but it, it actually looks like it's like well-made and it's tough for like dark comedies to like hit me. Only certain ones actually do it because I feel like sometimes the tones like don't mesh well. So I hope they can like tread that line a little bit for me where you give me a bunch of parts that are really funny. But then maybe when the action kicks in, it's like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, hard hitting. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm somehow excited for Butt Boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like oddly hard for Butt Boy. <laughs> It's funny, though, because I feel like a lot of the trailers we've been doing lately, I've been, like, lukewarm on. Yeah. I feel like Soul was, like, the only one, like, recently where I was like, yeah, like, I'm, you know, really into this. But uh, there's just been, like, a bunch lately where I'm like, yeah, I just don't know if this is going to be good because we did, like, Free Guy and I'm trying to think of another one that we did recently. But, yeah, like, this is one where I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous, but I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I can get behind this. But I, I think it's because we've we've been fortunate enough to see some movies that we were pleasantly surprised by that had a similar feel and a vibe that we're picking up off of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that is it. It's from expanding our horizons, brah. Now we're open to butt boy. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say though, with, with a name like butt boy, like it, it has to be, it's self-aware like that. And which I think that is huge for like a comedy or like, you know, yeah. a, an action comedy. Like it ha you have to be self-aware of what you are. And this obviously looks like it is. So this could be good. This could be a really fun movie to watch. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the time of recording this, we're only less than a week away from it hitting VOD. So that's going to be one that we should get our hands on and uh, maybe bring it to the Swampies as an episode real soon. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I was like, I think that could work. Yeah, that might be uh, early May. Nice. Do you got anything else on Butt Boy? <laughs> 
I don't. I just you, like saying butt boy. You get, did you get anything else on that butt boy? <laughs> did you get did you get anything out of butt boy? <laughs> no, we should uh we should blast out of butt boy. <laughs> I have no games this week. Yeah. But uh everyone should know what we're reviewing. You clicked on the on the, the episode, you know the name, but we haven't said it yet. We're doing Vivarium today, so Yes. A word that I do not know what it means. I could have looked it up and I forgot to. I looked it up right before I started the movie and I was like, well, fuck. I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> so oh, so should we save that for after we talk spoilers? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later. It's uh, This is going to be a movie that is definitely difficult to do without spoiling. So I think it's going to be very similar to kind of like when we did our Us episode where we'll get through the stuff we like, dislike, and then the second half of this review will be like spoilers talk because I feel like you have you have to get into that stuff to talk about the movie. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, to start off, uh, Lorcan Finnegan, he is the director and one of the writers on this movie. Uh, this is his second film, at least full length film. Uh, Without Name was his last one, which I don't know if you've seen Without Name, but I feel like if you've seen that, then you kind of know what you're getting into with this one. Okay. I'll get back to that like later on when we get into like our tomato tomatoes and stuff like that. Garrett Shanley is the other writer on this and he was the writer on Without Name. So it makes a lot of sense. I guess they usually work together. Okay. Set a precedent. Yeah. Imogen Pooch, she plays Gemma. I actually thought that Jesse Eisenberg was the main character going to this movie, but within the first couple of minutes, I was like, oh, I know this is her movie. But I really like her though because last year she was in The Art of Self-Defense, but I love Green Room and she's great in that movie. She was in Black Christmas, yeah. uh, which came out last year. I think that was actually one of the 2019 movies that we missed. And then I know in 2017, she was in I Kill Giants, which was a cool yeah. movie based on the uh, book. I looked up her IMDb. She's in a lot of stuff. She's been in, she's been acting up a storm. Oh, yeah. She's doing really good for herself right now. Um, I mean, I think we'll get to it, but she's super talented. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg, he plays Tom. Again, he was also in this art of self-defense. I thought that was cool that it was the two two of them working on a movie so close to each other. Yeah, they, I was wondering too. They must have filmed like one after another. Yeah. Well, you know how like uh, IMDb they put their movies out and they like have the release date based on like when it first premiered. So like, there's 2020 movies that say that they're 2019 movies because they played at like one festival or like you know what I mean. Yeah. IMDb has this listed as 2019. Rotten Tomatoes has it listed as 2020. So. Yeah, I the art of self defense and Favarium are technically under IMDb's like the way they do it, twenty nineteen movies. So yeah, they must have filmed Interesting. Them, yeah, they must have filmed them like, you know, within a few months of each other, probably. Some people, not not the biggest Jesse Eisenberg fans. I actually really like them. We had the social network on last night. Yeah, I just saw they added that on Netflix. Yeah, that's where we were watching it. Uh and then Jonathan Harris, he plays Martin. He was also in The Martian. <laughs> Martin the Martian. Yeah. Uh, he was in Rogue One. I was actually like, I was watching. I was like, I watched something recently with him. What was it? It was it was uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Isn't that? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I knew I recognized him from something. Yeah. He's got one of those faces where he can kind of blend into a movie. He's in a lot of stuff. I mean, he's in The World's End. I don't know if you've seen that. That's a, that's a you know great movie. Senan Jennings. He plays the the young boy. Name's actually Young Boy. <laughs> uh, this nice. is his film debut. And then I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong, but. Ana Hardwick, he plays the older boy. The last movie he was in was in 2009 called The Eclipse. So it's been it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. All right. <laughs> yeah. 
I really like Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg. So just those two people alone, I was like, all right, cool, I'm here. And then I I saw that this was like a sci-fi thriller type movie. We haven't we haven't gotten like a sci-fi thriller yet, or like even just sci-fi yet this year. So I was excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I would say Invisible Man touches on the sci-fi genre. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that one is more of like a psychological thriller, horror with shades of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't really break down into like a lot of the science in that movie. So, but this is like true sci-fi weirdness. So, going yeah. into it, I would I didn't know it was going to be that. Yeah, well, I didn't really know much about this movie at all going into it. I didn't even watch a trailer for it. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't either. But I think within the first like five minutes of this movie, you could tell like, oh, this is going to get weird. Oh yeah, definitely. Even just from the opening. Like the title card with the birds, you're just like, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you're trying to fuck with me. <laughs> yeah, and I was really into it to start off. Out of the gate, if you want to talk about like the tone and like the way everything feels when when you're watching this movie, I think they did a really good job making you uneasy with the set design and the lighting throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. I think all of those those visual details that they took with the way they like shot certain scenes and the way they lit everything and even the color grading throughout it i think it it all is designed to fit certain symbolism that exists within the movie it won't, i wasn't even aware of it when i was first watching it i was just like man this is really gross to look at cuz that's the thing too it's it's very well done and it's cool but it does not make you feel at home. Yeah. It is so unsettling to look at. Yeah. It's, you know, what's funny is like, I've got my notes up in front of me and like, you just like ticked off like four of my notes <laughs> with like the oh, whole yeah. thing. Is, yeah. Like, yeah, this, this movie, its tone is very unsettling. And a lot of what you just said all plays into that. You know, I really like the score on this. I really like the production design on this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many so many different things that combine where like I was sitting there and I just did not like I felt very unsettled the whole time. And that that starts even just right from the beginning, like the little like montage they have with the birds when the title card's coming up. Like I don't think you ever feel comfortable at all, which is funny because like a lot of this movie is supposed to take place in a house that's like the only home your family will ever need type thing. And it's right. so like not that. The aesthetic of this movie I really like and I think some people might not like it. And I think they're going to say like, oh, it was like low budget or whatever. But I think everything in terms of the look and the way like CGI is used and stuff like that. And this, it's all really deliberate. That's kind of all I can say right now, because some of that is going to play into later. But, you know, I, I was I was really into it. Yeah. And I agree. Like, I think I think I'm, I'm probably not far off by saying that I'm sure they had a fairly small budget, but. I don't think it necessarily shows in this movie because I think the way things look stale and cheap, I think that's on purpose. I don't think I don't think it's meant to look crisp in a certain way. I think the the way that it looks and feels is like you said super intentional and is almost a whole other part of this movie like the set is another character in this movie. That that level of detail in the production of it, I think everything has a purpose. Yeah, I think so too. And again, like later on when we start breaking down certain things, I think there are a lot of hints with the way the movie just looks 
that allude you to believe a certain thing is going on with this movie. Yeah. I was getting like with the colors of the houses and stuff, like almost like Edward Scissorhands, like Dr. Seuss, like weird vibe. I really liked all of the scenes in Yonder when they're like, especially the overhead shots, but all the scenes when they're like walking through these houses and stuff like that. And I'm assuming a lot of this movie was shot on just like a, you know, green screen or, or in a studio, but I thought all that yeah. looked so cool. So cool and like you really claustrophobic and you know just really effective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. The performances from both Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg are really good. Oh yeah, they kill it. And for most of the movie, it's it's just them. I mean, there's yeah. there there is somebody else there occasionally, but in terms of delivering a performance and being the audience's connection in the movie, like they kill it. This movie wouldn't survive if it wasn't on the backs of two really strong performances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they did a really good job there. At this point, it'll probably have, the results have been out, but we're like, we're planning on doing a like isolation film bracket. And I I said to you, I was like, this movie would have like totally fit the bill for that. But (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. But like, it reminded me of like a lot of the movies that are in there. You know, all the movies that are in like that genre where it's only a few people, like you need really strong performances out of people because it's only like two or three actors or whatever. And uh, this definitely fits the bill where I was like, the two of them are killing it. And that's why a lot of this movie's working for me right now. Yeah. And this is a movie that probably wouldn't have made it onto that list because I think a lot of people probably haven't seen this yet. Yeah. I think a big reason why was because uh, we're doing a review on it already. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I don't think a lot of people have seen it. And when you saw the films that were on that bracket, a lot of them were like classics or like really popular movies that people love. So yeah, not to not to say that this isn't like great or anything like that. It's just like it just came out. So and a couple other things that I, that I did like though, there's there's some good humor in this movie. I was which I was surprised by not not like a ton, but there's a few parts that made me laugh. In in particular, there's like a sign on the roof. And like different acts in the movie are kind of split up with like they show like the roof and there's a message on top of it. Like they're doing like an SOS. Yeah. And there's one part with like the message on the roof that made me laugh. And I don't know why Th- this was in the trailer. I'm pretty sure. But the part where they give the kid the middle finger. I thought that was. Oh, hilarious. yeah. That made me laugh. <laughs> so. Dude, I saw that. I'm like, man, this is exactly what it's like to have a kid. <laughs> I saw a few people that were like, if this is what having a kid is like, nah, <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's honestly not far off like when the uh this isn't a huge spoiler but like when the kid is screaming until they feed him and they're just scrambling to put food in this kid's mouth like i'm pretty sure i've been there before (laughs) and also if you want to talk about acting they got the perfect weird little kid yeah that kid (laughs) he just looked creepy and i hated him i wanted to punch his face (laughs) i think they did a good job though of like all of the like because you have the real estate agent you have the young boy you have the older boy I think they did a good job of casting people who like look like they're cut from the same mold kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like when the boy grows up, I was like, yeah, that that could totally be like the older version of that kid. And then like the real estate agent, I was like, I could totally see that guy looking like because again, I don't want to get into too much, but like you don't know where these people come from and you don't know what the relation is to each other. But I feel you can definitely tell that they are like the same right so, and I, I i like the casting on it at least in terms of like the kids and the adult and the real estate agent and stuff like that yeah for sure 
one of the, like the last things, and this is kind of going to go into a little bit of negatives, but one thing that I do like a lot about this movie is that this is definitely one of those films that makes you have to think about what you just watched and it leaves a lot open for interpretation and stuff like that because it's definitely going to spark conversation with the ending and stuff. That being said, I think some of the symbolism is a little heavy-handed. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, I think some of the themes it's trying to explore are too in your face. And I think in some ways because of that, I think this the actual story suffers where it's like you're spending too much time trying to give me this is what I want to tell you. This is what I want to talk about. This is the theme of the movie. But I'm like, yeah, no, I, I get it. You should try and like finesse the story more. Like give me a little bit more to the story because especially the second act of this movie, I felt like it started dragging. And this has happened to us a lot lately where we start watching a movie and it's got a great concept and we're really into it. And then by like the second act, I start losing a little bit of interest. Right. I'm really glad you said that. That's why I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait and see where he goes with this. But that's exactly how I felt because... Uh, meandering is the word that I wrote down because it's that exact thing. It's like, okay, I understand the concept. I, I could have told you most of the symbolism just from when they pulled into the development. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm kind of picking up what the message of this movie might end up being. Mm-hmm. So they really beat you over the head with some of the context and a lot of the metaphor that it's definitely not done with a deft hand and there are story elements that I think are missing from this. And I think there's some character development that's missing from this. Like there's not really a deep explanation of their relationship pre getting to this point that might explain whether there's a rift in their relationship now or kind of like how they interact with each other. And when you see them change, you don't really know what they're changing from because we haven't spent a lot of time with them beforehand. Like this movie starts and then puts them into this situation fairly quickly. So I don't know what the baseline is for them. And we never really get told any of that. Yeah. So it's it's not difficult to connect with these people. I think we could all understand the feeling that they're feeling, but I don't know who they are. Yeah, I will say I think some of that is intentional because... Again, this is also spoilery and like going into more of like the the specifics of it. But I I do think some of that is intentional because they kind of set up how the two of them behave. And I think that plays a lot into that first scene of the movie with the birds. Yeah, but I, I agree. You, you know what? Like, I really love like the, the theme, like the concept of this movie. And it is very effective at times. Part of me almost felt like it may have even been better as like a short film like even just like 20 minute 30 minute short because the the beginning is great but once they have the boy it's a lot of the same for about like a half hour and yeah it really is and like that, that's kind of why i put that down as like meandering because it's like i get it we don't need 10 scenes to show us what was established in one scene like it didn't feel like it was going anywhere for a while yeah and and it's like I actually watched this in two sittings. I started it one night and it was late and I was like, all right, I'm going to stop it here and then I'll just finish the last half hour like in the morning. And the moment that I stopped it was like a minute right before the movie really kicked off again for me. So it was like I shut it off when I was like getting bored. If I had actually like stayed away, like if I had kept up with it for about a minute longer, I probably would have gotten hooked again because there's like 
a part where the kid goes missing, like right before the third act happens, and something creepy as shit happens with him when the mom oh. like confronts him about it. And then from that, that point on, amazing. yeah, from that point on again, I was like really into it. So it's really just the the second act of this movie was like it really dragged for me. So I, I kind of felt like either the symbolism could have been less heavy handed at times, and you could have like given us more to care about the characters, or like just more variation of what's going on or just maybe this would have just been better being like a short film and it would have been a little bit shorter you know because it's not a long yeah. movie it's only an hour and a half yeah which is it's good it didn't it doesn't overstay its welcome but yeah i could see this being a short story but also like i think you could have maintained a lot of that same symbolism while also progressing more or putting forth more ideas outside of just the message of the movie. And also, I know that a big point of this is to not give the audience answers and to leave a lot open for interpretation. And I'm okay with not having answers about everything going on, but I think I could have used a little bit. Like, just in in replacing some of the heavy-handed metaphor, like, just feed me some crumbs, like a couple more crumbs, because, like, you barely get anything in this, and I'm actually okay with that. I really like that. That's that's something I would say is a positive for this movie, is that it doesn't talk down to the audience and it lets you think about things. But also, because it's so heavy-handed going the other direction, I feel like in one way, being that like you don't know where they are or what is going on really, or what's making this happen, or who these people are. So in that way, they're very vague. But then in, on the other hand, when it comes to like the metaphor and the meaning of the movie, that is so f- force fed to you that I feel like I would have rather traded some of some of the the metaphor for some of the answers. Yeah, it's it's funny that you said that because like they do leave a lot open and it's definitely a movie that they want you to think about, which is cool. But then, yeah, there's things like like that are so heavy handed that it's weird to not feel like it actually is talking down to you at sometimes. It's like, it's like half and half where sometimes it's like, no, we want you to think, but also you're too dumb to get this. So we're just going to tell you like basically what the, the symbolism that we're going for when it's, it's like, and it's like super obvious. So, right. You know, I, I agree. I think some explanation, cause, cause there's parts of this movie where you can get frustrated with certain things and you're going to be like, how is this happening? How is this possible? Like, I want to know. And then at some point you're, you could probably just be like, probably not going to find out. Okay, whatever. At some point in this movie, I realized that I was like, I'm probably not going to get a lot of answers. And that was like a little frustrating for me. But then afterwards, like I said this to you uh, before we started recording, like I actually went over like the entire plot of the movie, like (laughs) scene for scene, basically with two people, because I was like trying to like figure out a a few things with this movie. You're trying to work it out. Yeah, I was like trying to work it out basically. And they were like, they're not into this genre. So they're like, I'm probably not going to watch it. So I was like, all right, I'll just like tell you the whole thing. So I was I was going through it basically just to try and figure it out on my own. So some of the things that were never answered. Well, do you want to work it out with me now and we'll, we'll blow the doors open on some spoilers? Yeah, because, you know, in, in general, I got all of my thoughts out there. You know, I love the, I love the aesthetic to this film. Uh, I really like the performances in it. I think it is very original, which is cool. And uh, I think it's very effective with making you unsettled and unnerving you and stuff like that. I just I think the themes are a little too heavy handed and I do think it drags a lot in the second act. I almost feel like the second act is in some ways just like there to stretch the runtime out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you do kind of get that feeling. 
But also, yeah. yes, points for originality. As I was getting towards the end of it, because I get this way with a lot of like sci-fi movies, I'm just like, man, I, I really want to read the book this is based off of, because that is very common that a lot of these sci-fi movies are actually based on novels or short stories or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised when I got to the end and I was like, oh, this isn't based on anything. They just made this up. I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, you know, th- that that actually is really cool. I feel like lately, like, we're like, oh, man, it's really cool to, like, read, like, the books that, like, Annihilation's based on. Or uh, what's another one that we did recently where we're like, oh, I, re- I really like to read read the book that this was based off of. Well, for me, I wasn't crazy about the movie, but it did kind of get me some intrigue on the short story for uh, In the Tall Grass. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you know what it was? We were talking about Dune recently. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Definitely props that, it you know, it's not based on anything. You want to start getting into, like, the big spoilers of this movie? Oh, I think we have to. We're going to be here forever. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, this it asks a lot of questions. Yeah. Or it makes That's... you ask a lot of questions. It does both. The movie asks you questions, and then you're sitting there going, I don't fucking know. <laughs> so how do you want to start this off? Well, I guess we should explain what the movie actually is. Okay. Because we haven't really talked about the the plot of it because we were trying to tap dance around the spoilers, even though I'm sure people can see the plot in its simplest form is that this couple goes to, to view a house and then they can't leave that neighborhood. They're trapped in that neighborhood. Yeah. In this weird suburban boxed little community. Yeah, basically the movie starts off though. The couple goes to the or like a like a realtor, like a new realtor that's shown up. The guy's like super creepy from the get go. He brings him to this house, and then he leaves, and they can't get out of there. And then at some point, a kid gets put in the mix, and they have to raise this kid unwillingly. Yeah, they just drop a baby off on their front doorstep in a box. Yeah, and it's and it says like raise the baby to get out basically like we'll we'll let you out if you raise the kid yeah or like to go home i think is what it says something like that and then a lot of the second act is them dealing with this piece of shit kid and then the third act is the kid as an adult basically yeah which we should also mention the kid ages rapidly the kid ages i think seven years in a two-month span yeah they mark him off at like 98 days and he's already like elementary school aged child yeah, I think I think it says that he's seven. Oh, okay. So yeah, in the span of three months, he's gone. He's grown seven years, and his voice, which we didn't even say, his voice is really unnerving. But uh, he's got oh, like yeah. almost well, like a prepubescent voice. Yeah, I think it's not the actual actor's voice. I think it's a no, it's no, a it, VO. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. It's giving me um, sorry to bother you vibes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah i could see like, that you know like when they do the they put on the white voice for the phone calls mm-hmm. but yeah that that whole thing with him was super unsettling yeah so do you want to just get into like some of the themes of the movie like you want to just start something off or or do you want to get into like what i think like one of the biggest like mysteries is of the whole movie you know what let's start with the big mystery and work our way backwards because i think a lot of the themes will end up coming up out of that okay honestly i had to do a whole page of notes just on like these are the symbolisms. These, this is what I think the meanings are. These are the obvious themes. And then these are the things that I think could be. This might seem like a really cheap way to explain something. But the more I thought about it, I was like, I feel like it definitely adds up. I'm assuming that the the realtor and the... Are they aliens? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, I'm assuming that they're aliens. And I don't... You, there's no way you would actually know... 
but I wouldn't be surprised if the Tom and Gemma that you see are their actual bodies. I think they're in a simulation. Oh, you think simulation? Yeah. For me, the reason I say that is because there are a lot of things in this movie that feel manufactured. And I think that would explain a scene where they say that the food has no taste. It would also explain why they say that there's no wind there. And I, I also feel like it would explain some weird things that happen along the way, like how the house just like burns down and then it's just back again or how, or how it's interesting. We already differ. Okay. Um, I was going to say it would, I also think it might explain why I was talking about like deliberate aesthetic to the movie when Jesse Eisenberg, like flicks like the cigarette and the grass burns away. It's done in like a very, it looks stop motiony. And I think that may almost be like, this is like a simulation and that was like in order to make the simulation run properly, they had to like cut corners in a certain way. So like the animation on that wasn't up to par with like some of the other things. That was just like something that I was okay because there is good CGI in this movie, but that is like aesthetically that is completely different than everything else. Like I don't know why they would do a stop motion. Like why don't you just light the grass on fire? You know what I mean? So I feel like there had to have been yeah. a reason for that. And almost like when when the the adult like runs away and he literally lifts up the sidewalk and crawls under it that kind of reminded me of like he's almost like out of bounds in like a video game like simulation and that's where they basically find other save files that's you know when she finds all the other people okay like those are other people that are also in simulation i like this already and then just a few other things like the place is called yonder and the realtor's name is martin which is like really close to martian so like certain things like that I I definitely think that they're aliens and I feel like to explain a lot of things away, this was probably a simulation that they put humans in to use to study them. They like have them raise their kids basically, but it's meant to study humans. Interesting. I took it a completely different direction, but not different, but a parallel direction and parallel is actually going to play into my theory. So you think it's like, well, like an alternate reality or something? So I I agree with you about the alien thing, but I think it's interesting that you took it almost in a digital direction with the simulation. I'm going more organic. I felt like Yonder was actually almost more of like an organic, uh, like a biodome or almost like, uh, like this alien community, but it almost grows on Earth like a fungus. It exists on our planet and it is real, but it's almost like its own bubble you know what i mean but uh, yeah that's why i felt like when he flicks the cigarette and everything kind of goes away it almost scurries like the grass almost just scurries it doesn't catch on fire and burn up it moves out of the way of the cigarette and reveals dirt mm-hmm. so i almost felt like it was like a living organism oh maybe yeah like I, I i feel like even the house is alive like everything there is a is an actual living organism and it's this environment that these aliens created and i think not to study humans but to almost use humans and as like a tool in this this like farm that they have that they can grow their children and they could uh they can just keep breeding and just you know populate i don't think in necessarily like a um like a takeover the world type thing, but just kind of like this is how we survive. Like they're just a parasitic race. Well, so I will I will say this though: the word vivarium basically means 
to observe something. Oh, does it? Yeah. So like that's what I was going to say. Vivarium means a structure that has been prepared for keeping animals under certain conditions in order to observe them. Hmm. So, but then I don't see, okay. I don't see why, how they are benefiting from their knowledge of humans though. That's something that they don't ever explain. You know, I I don't think you're ever going to get an explanation explanation for that. If that's like something they want to get information, you know, for a later event or something like that. But when the realtor dies at the end, which also I hated watching that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they roll him up in that body bag and it just weirded me out. When he dies, he like stamps a receipt on him and he's like number like 8,000 something. So I don't know what the purpose is for it, but I definitely feel like this is something that's been going on for a while where they're like gaining information somehow on humans and, you know, that's just how it is. And they, they need... You know, just me guessing, maybe they can't live on Earth for a long time or they just age super quickly. But that's why part of this whole like condition thing is they need them to raise one of their own in order to like continue the the cycle. Well, it could be just a survival thing, maybe like maybe by studying the humans, they know more about what they want because it seems like yonder is designed with this very stale assumption of what humans really want. Like, just the right size rooms, just the right size yard. Like, you can raise a family here. Like, it seems like a very, like, consumerism, which I think is a big theme through this movie, is, like, stale consumerism and how it's, like, very heartless and how, like, advertising tries to appeal to humans without really having any humanity in it. Yeah, I was I was also going to say, I feel like it's it's definitely commenting on, like, I feel like society pushes on, like, you should go through with like the suburban life, like how you get married, raise kids, like have the perfect home and stuff like that. I felt like that it was right. commenting on that a lot. So, well, it's definitely commenting on it, but I think they're using the aliens as this, like they see that, but they don't absorb the humanity within it. They don't see all of the little things that make, make us tick. So they just see like, look, it's the perfect home. Like, this is what you humans want. So maybe they're studying them to continue to adapt their uh, yonder so that they can keep having humans come in and help them raise their kids just because they're just trying to survive. Like, I feel like yonder is like this farm that they just use to raise their their little alien babies. It's almost like it's an alien ant farm. Yeah, kind of. You know, wow, I'm so upset with you right now. Oh wow. Jeez, man. You didn't you didn't pick up on my awesome smooth, alien smooth ant criminal. farm joke. <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually saw Alien Ant Farm at like a bamboozle or warp tour one year, but I remember like they were like in their second song and just everybody around me was just like, play smooth criminal. Like no one gave a shit about the rest of their set. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that song movies is really good. Everyone just wanted them to play their Michael Jackson cover. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I was gonna say this though, like and I felt like this was like heavy handed because they show it to you in the beginning of the movie and then it happens like throughout the whole movie. But like they show you in the beginning of the movie and they even tell you that the cuckoo bird basically like takes other birds out of their nest and kills them and replaces them with their own babies. And basically like which is real, like the cuckoo bird actually gets other birds to raise their children. So that essentially happens to your main characters. The aliens get the main characters to raise their children. 
they remove them from their nest. Yeah, they remove them from their nest, and yeah, they they actually they force them to raise their you know a kid that's not theirs. And even the the aliens. So like that scene where the little boy, where the mother is like pretending with the little boy. Yeah, and he, his like throat swells up. Like that's, I mean, that's a obviously like, exaggeration for the movie, but like that's kind of how birds communicate to each other too. Like they have like the like the swelling in their throat and that like that helps like project like this weird like clicking sound sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I know I know that that's a thing. So one, once I saw the birds in the beginning and I was just like, oh, okay, like maybe there's like a bird theme going on here. And then I did some research and I, I noticed that. Yeah. Just getting back to what we were talking about before. I don't, couldn't tell you what, what the alien, like the purpose of what the aliens are doing is, but I just felt like it made sense that they were just like trying to study them or something like that. I think I think the the what are they trying to get out of this isn't going to be answered. Yeah. One last thing that I was just going to say, the other reason I think it's a simulation is just the fact that they couldn't get out. Like they walked in the same direction and they just kept getting landing back in the same space, you know. Yeah, see, this is where so I was thinking the explanation for that was almost more of like a um like a quantum like time space loop trap type deal. And uh, I did a little bit of research for this, and I actually found an interview with the director. Oh, cool. Some, something I thought was super interesting is the, ex- is the explanation he gave for why they were in house number nine. And in his explanation, it made me actually think about something else when, uh, when later in the movie, when the wife is going through and seeing other people in their houses, kind of going through the same thing, even though when they're outside you can't see anybody they're alone yeah but these other people exist in those houses but it almost seems like they're on a different plane of existence which would actually posit uh string theory where like all of these things are happening simultaneously but they're stacked up on top of each other in different dimensions well it kind of does look like that when she's like falling through the houses right but his explanation of like oh why is it why is it house number nine like does that have any sort of play into anything and what what i took it as at first was just like okay number nine kind of it's setting you up it's like all right well you know they're definitely you don't know how many other people are there or how many other people they've done this to before or currently but you know they're not the first one because why would you start at nine so i was like okay Mm -hmm. maybe that's just to imply that like this isn't their first time doing this but then the way he said it he's like i think the number nine works perfectly for it because if you look at the way you write a number nine, it is a, uh, there's a way in, which is, you know, the, the straight line of nine and then it enters a loop and then it never leaves that loop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh wow, that's crazy. That's cool. So it's almost like the number nine is the image of yonder where it's like, there's, there's a road in and then you enter the, the loop at the end and then once you're in that loop, you can't get out. Well, I feel like that's also just like what happens to them. Like they were never going to leave. Yeah, definitely. But I just thought yeah. that was like a cool idea. I'm like, wow, that's like a that's a cool way to look at it and just be like, oh, the number nine is literally what they're going through. Yeah. They got in, they're stuck in a loop, they can't get out. I think all that is really cool though. Like I think all this stuff that we're talking about is is really awesome. Yeah, like I I really enjoyed thinking more about this. I do wish I knew a little bit more of the motivation like i don't need to know more about who these who, if they're even aliens i don't need to know more about 
who they are, what they are, or where they are, but why are they doing it? I would have I would have liked a little bit more of why. Yeah. Again, I don't think you're gonna get that. This actually like the whole like alien thing and stuff like that, it reminded me a lot of this episode of the Twilight Zone from like way back in the day. Where basically like there's aliens on Earth and they convince like humans that you know there there's aliens um, amongst them and the humans eventually just like kill each other over it. like they like accuse them and i think at the end of the episode like one of the aliens says something like yeah like all you need to do is turn them against each other and like the, you know they they fall apart basically and that's not necessarily yeah. what happens in here but like the kid coming into the picture in this movie definitely sets them on different paths like Jesse Eisenberg's character becomes much more obsessed with his work and he doesn't want to raise the kid. Whereas like Gemma's like maternal instinct, she ends up taking care of the kid way more than he does. And she lets him get away with certain stuff. So, well, I think they both take very different approaches to figuring out their situation. I think, I think that's just another symbol in the movie is kind of like gender roles, especially when it comes to like parenting. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause he literally buries himself in his own work even though it's a fruitless effort, he's just every morning waking up and he's not attentive to their child and to her. And then she's stuck with the kid. And then she takes a a more motherly approach to try and figure out their situation and be like, let me try to connect with this thing and see what I can get out of it, which leads to the coolest scene in the movie. Was that your favorite scene in the movie with the, the the neck? Yeah. Yeah. It was really crazy. (laughs) And another thing with that, because you just mentioned it, I thought that like Tom literally digging his own grave was like very like heavy handed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. And it's for so long. And I mean, I guess that's the point of the metaphor is that he's just persistently doing this thing to no resolve. But man, I just wanted some sort of revelation about the digging earlier that we could have moved on to something else or, or at least like explain to me why he didn't just tell her, look, when I flick the cigarette at the grass, it moves like this. And then maybe brainstorm with her. Like, I didn't understand why they were so immediately pulling away from each other. And I think that's part of why I wanted to know more about who they were before they got there. Yeah. They they don't have, like, anything like that, which is weird because there's, like, huge moments. Like you just said, like, he never explained to her the thing with, like, the uh, the cigarette. He kind of just said to her, he's like, he's like, there's no subsoil and shit like that. And then... Also, like, I, I know he was dying, but, like, he never told her, like, yo, there's dead bodies buried under our house. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's so. never just like, hey, this kid can do this weird screeching thing where his throat swells up and whatnot. Oh, and by the way, here's this book of this alien text. Yeah. That was that was another thing. Like, I think the the, the book itself, I think that language was alien. But if you're going on simulation, like you could almost make a case that maybe it was like a binary code type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's re- really weird. It can spark a lot of theories. I think the the theories about the aliens and all that stuff and like what yonder is are really cool. I just, uh, the stuff that it's commenting on with like parenthood and suburban life and like all that, I, I felt like I it was, and like the cuckoo bird stuff, I thought was really heavy handed. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to talk uh, some tomato tomatoes on this? Let's let's do that. Tomato, tomato. The critics they're bringing this in at a sixty-eight percent. Ooh, just made it. Yeah. The audience, tomato. Yeah, that's a D plus. Is that right? A, yeah, that's a D plus. 
Tomato, 37%. Whoa. You know, one of my, I think my last note on the page was, uh, I can see a lot of people hating this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know just a bunch of people personally who do not like it if a movie doesn't answer questions for you. I, you know, I mentioned uh, his other film, Without Name. It's the same thing. Without Name has like an 80-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics, and it's got like a 40% for the audience. People want answers. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they feel like they wasted their time. Like, people want a, a happy ending or at least an ending that tells you why it went down that way. And this movie does neither of those. It's not a happy ending, and it doesn't explain shit. Yeah, I was I was going to say, uh, one thing about this movie you know, I like putting stuff together with it, but there is actually like no payoff. Like there's there's not any sort of payoff in this movie. And even if there's a sad ending, it could be a payoff because that's like where you get the emotional response. There's like nothing right. to, to the ending. It's just kind of like, it's very bleak is how it is. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is how it is. Like that's, and again, I think it goes back to the cuckoo bird where at the beginning they're like, yeah, like this is nature. Isn't it horrible? And that's how the movie ends. It's just like, yeah, that's how it is. It's horrible. <laughs> and it just <Yeah>. ends. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. But yeah, so you've got a D plus to an F. Okay. Well, pretty easily. I'm going to go with a tomato. Uh, okay. I don't think this is a failure. I actually, I really enjoy the concept. I thought the production design was amazing. I thought the acting was spot on. And then for like the negatives, you know, it definitely has a very slow middle and it feels like it's not really giving you a lot. I'm okay with not having a a happy ending or even like a big resolve in the end. I'm I'm fine with asking questions, but I feel like there's motivation that is lacking. And maybe that's just another theme is that sometimes it's not about the motivation. Sometimes shit just happens, but I don't love that. So all that being said, I enjoyed it. I like thinking about it. I like talking about it. I gave it a B minus. Oh, cool. I actually, I went tomato as well and I went C plus. All right. There we go. Yeah. Not far off. I was actually, I actually thought that we were going to be like a little bit far off on this. Like I wasn't sure like if you were going to be like in the D's or, or or the B's or like, I I just wasn't sure because I feel like this can go a lot of ways. Like I bet you there's some people that really love this movie. Yeah, for sure. And I bet you there's other people who fucking hate it. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, a lot of what you said, I think there's a lot of good in it. I just wish that there was more put into the actual like story. And again, like I, I, I think you said it great earlier. I think if they took less time trying to spoon feed you all the stuff about suburban life and parenting and stuff, and they actually gave you a few more like actual character building moments in that second act, probably would have liked this even more. Like, I think that would have done a huge difference for it, but Overall, it's a cool movie. It looks great. It's definitely effective with its, you know, unsettling nature and some of the visuals. And yeah, it's, 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 I actually thought this was a really cool movie. Glad we got to talk about this. I'm also glad that like, you know, I, I, I watched this a few days before you did. And I had like all these like questions and stuff like that. And I was like thinking about it. And then I was like, I really hope Sky is like feeling the same way where he's like, oh, I want to like figure some stuff out. And he wasn't just like, this is whack. Yeah. <laughs> No, I got a, I got an inquisitive nature, man. I like I like not having all the answers. I there's a lot of movies that are like that for me where I'm like, man, I I really want to dive into this and figure stuff out. Like I I have a good time solving puzzles, man, and this is just a big puzzle. 
Yeah, it was it was funny. I was I was telling Brandon about like the story, and I think I got to like basically I'm like, this baby gets dropped off on like their front porch, and he was like, this sounds like the weirdest movie. And in my head, I'm like, I haven't even gotten to the part yet where the kid's neck turns like a bird neck, and the dude lifted up the sidewalk like a fucking blanket. <laughs> like, yeah, and he crawls in it like on all fours like a bug or something. Yeah, it's like, weird. scurries away. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's also what made me think like, oh, I think it's like all this organic organism, like the way it moves and the way it breathes and the way it it makes certain sounds like when he's digging and the sound that he hears in the ground is the same sound that the TV makes and is the same sound that the kid makes when he does the, the, the throat thing. Yeah. So that's what made me think it was more organic and it wasn't really a simulation as much as it was this habitat that they created for humans yeah a habitat for humanity exactly i still i'm still sticking to my my simulation theory but i can get behind a lot of what you're saying i like it i like when we can agree to disagree yeah because that's like the thing we said on a few different episodes where you you, i don't think i can really argue one way or another like i can't be like no that's definitely not wrong like sure i'm sure there's other theories where someone could be like well clearly the thing is just (laughs) <laughs> like yeah i don't think so it's, because it's sweden they <laughs> but i think i think that that was almost a mechanic that they were doing on purpose they were like we're gonna give them so little that literally everything can be right and you can't disprove any theory but then i don't feel like that's as intelligent as giving us a little bit more you know like if you gave us more and it was still easy to navigate and come up with multiple theories. Like I feel like that is more impressive than giving us nothing. Cause if you give us nothing, obviously we're going to be able to fill in the blanks with anything we want. Yeah. But if you, if you limit the parameters a little bit more and it's still open to interpretation, but we have more pieces of evidence, you, you could have still gotten the same point across, but given us a little bit more. Yeah. I think even if they had given you like one thing towards the end, just to plant the seed of what, yonder is would have just been really cool like if they had like given you something that could like definitely like make you lean towards like oh it's a simulation or or it's like like a biodome type thing like that would be cool because then you go back and you actually watch all the things and pick out things and you're like oh wow like that like you know the, the movies that have you go back and watch it with a different lens and pick everything apart and figure you'd be like oh well now that i know this this is what this is i think that's all really cool I don't know if you can go back and actually like figure things out. I think you can just go back and come up with more theories. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think you're ever going to get answers no matter how many times you watch this. Literally, like probably the only way you're going to find out anything is if the director actually comes out and like tells you what it is one day. (laughs) Yeah, which who knows? Maybe we'll call him up. Maybe we'll get him on the show and ask him some questions. Like, hey, buddy, you owe us answers. (laughs) He'd be like, okay, I definitely owe you a lot. Here we go. Well, shit. Well, we do want to get some people on the show soon, so uh, yeah. we're uh, we're working hard for the Swampies. We're gonna we're gonna spice things up during this time, and we got all these really cool episode ideas that are coming. So you folks better be watching our social media stuff, because mm-hmm. I mean you're putting in work on your side for some something. I'm really excited. Actually, by the time this comes out, we probably already posted it. Yeah. So I guess I guess you can kind of say what it is, but. <laughs> Yeah, but our our little isolation world championship. Yeah, I'm having fun doing these graphics because like we've done brackets before, 
and they've just been like static images that I did on Photoshop. I actually did all of those ones on my phone, like when I, you know, like months ago. So like yeah. they weren't the best, but now that I'm home and I'm near my computer, I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna spice these up. So I'm like going all out with like the motion graphics and stuff on them. Yeah. You got time on your hands, may as well use it. And also just in general, like that bracket, like super excited about it because all of the movies are bangers. Like I'd be really stoked reviewing any of them. Yeah, me too. Like there's, we're really not going to lose on this one. And almost all of those movies are available on some streaming platform or another. So mm-hmm. I think uh, no matter what, when that movie comes around, whichever one wins, people are going to be able to check it out if you haven't seen it. And if you have seen it, just watch it again. Cause what the fuck else are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. say dirty so- swampy. You, you fucking piece of shit, swampy <laughs> asshole. You fucking tool. <laughs> fucking goon. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, now man. that we've insulted you, why don't you go follow us on social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews and leave us a five-star review saying how great we are, even though we berate you a little bit. <laughs> yes, Any anytime you reach out to us, anytime you give us a review or subscribe to the show or shout us out it's all we love it and we love hearing from you yeah we love you guys all all for the swampies everything we do is for the swampies exactly which you could also get a shirt that says for the swampies from to do's movie reviews.com another plug boom suck it <laughs> how do you like them i'm apples? too good at this <laughs> i should just quit right now i'm fucking killing it <laughs> go out on top exactly but yeah man this is fun this was fun, and we hope the Swampies had a lot of fun, because if they didn't, we actually don't care, <laughs> because it's all about us. Exactly. Even though 10 seconds ago, I just said it's all about the Swampies. Well, you know what? Like, for real, when we started this, it was definitely for us. Like, this is the thing that we wanted to do, but now now it's becoming more about the Swampies. Yeah, well, now there's lives on the line. Exactly. Yeah, there's lives on the line. That's how serious this is. This is super serious. <laughs> no, th- no, of course. Off air, when we talk all the time, we have been trying to come with come up with more and more ideas that, that would be cool for for you guys. So yeah, you know, I think a lot of we're trying to get you more involved in stuff like that, which I think a lot of people like. So you know, it's definitely it's definitely not about the two dudes. I mean, we are your overlords, but it's not yeah. all about us. <laughs> yeah. Also, Overlord is available on Amazon Prime. I think. Or Hulu. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it's available on one of the streaming platforms. So go watch the first like 15 minutes of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> the first 15 minutes, man, they are great. They're really good. And then go listen the to back our... half of the movie is not fucking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go listen to our first lost episode. Oh, man, that line at the end of the movie. Oh. Well, we'll save that for another time. Mm-hmm. And until then, uh, suck it, Swampies. <laughs>